0: good news, at least for me, because it's a thing that came up that one of us mentioned while I was editing the podcasts. Um, I have started finally listening to Daniel K's podcasts.
1: <laughs> you never sent me that link, so I'm blaming you for my laziness. The context of it is that neither of us had really listened to them seriously yet, so why would I have the link? Uh, because because you're, you're the Sherpa, and I'm the idiot. I'm the fool. I'm, That's I'm not the, the Sherpa concept. for I'm not the Sherpa for other
0: podcasts
1: that, you know, are the hosts of which are very kind and nice to us. I don't know. I think I think you're technically Sherpa for everything. Alright, what's uh uh Do um, right. we
0: need to figure out something you're the expert on? Uh like if you want if we if we ever want to do a podcast about like uh tabletop
1: miniature gaming, you could be the expert on that. That's true. I mean I did like I did thoroughly destroy you at Ticket to Ride yesterday. That uh, only out of cat. yes.
0: <laughs>
1: In my defense, that game is dumb and sucks. <laughs> uh, also, our mother sabotaged you like mid-game, and then she felt really bad about it for a long time. She called me. She called me earlier today and apologized. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, we we get that competitive streak from our mom. Like you know, she she feels bad about it dot 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 but in the moment like if you're playing a game a competitive game she will reach over the table and slit your throat (laughs) like that that's how we were
0: raised Ah, love you mom love you mom
1: Welcome to Brokazatsu, two brothers' exploration of Tokazatsu shows and related media. My name's Sam, and I'm Harry. And I have to apologize if uh, if strange things start happening to my general health
0: state later in this podcast. Because all right, so mom got me this nice tub of fiber supplements because she she worries about us and needs to express it in ways. And so I decided to try it, you know, about an hour ago. And you know, I I you know I had some. I was like, eh, you know, it's not like. It's not like terrible, but it's health food, so it's fine. It it, it was like a lot thicker than I thought it should have been.
1: Yeah, I mean it it it's fiber. It's you know it it swells up, it thickens up, and it pushes things out.
0: Yeah, well, and so like I I you know finished most of it without thinking about it. Did you finished most something. of the bottle?
1: Uh, no, no, it's like
0: it's a giant tub. I just put in like a couple tablespoons. But the problem is, I th- is that I checked. And I was actually put, supposed to put in a couple teaspoons. Oh. So, I am in trouble. Like, I'm going to have, you know, I've taken several times the normal dose. And I'm going to have a monster shit, Sam. It's going to be, like, it's gonna it's the type of shit that killed Elvis. If I die, tell mom I loved her, and then I'm proud she beat me at board games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I'm just saying, like... If I wasn't aware of it, I probably wouldn't be like, hmm, why do I feel weird? But uh, it's having an effect, and I'm not sure what's going to happen to me,
1: Sam. Uh, hey, you know, we, we have a 40 to 60 minute podcast ahead of us, Ari, and then you just kind of stay strong this evening. Oh, yeah. And and hydrate. Uh, just hydrate like crazy. hmm Yep. And, you know... I wouldn't want to wish, rush
0: through these episodes because they're a couple of good ones.
1: Yeah, they're actually um uh, I mean I we're 6 episodes in and uh the series so far has had way more bangers than whiffs. Um like I I can't really all the episodes have had something of merit. You know, I'm not saying that they're all equal quality, uh but you know, they're all they're all pretty good <laughs> so far and these are actually some of the like, especially Episode 6, and we'll get to it, but Episode 6 does some stuff that is genuinely exciting for a toku show for me. But before we get to Episode 6, let's talk about Episode 5. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff we're, we're covering in Episode 5 is touched
0: on in 6, and in fact some of the stuff we're covering in 5 was touched on in 4. Like, mm-hmm. they're going pretty far in uh, Tactics in because at the start of this, the crew has brought in the Gamma Megazord they beat last episode. It, it didn't explode, it was just kind of taken down in, in uh, inert.
1: Mm-hmm. It is extremely Pacific Rim. Like, you know, they they have, the, uh, they have the enemy Megazord there. They are taking it apart. They are studying it, they are putting it up. Like, they are, um, uh, they want to learn how these things click. And that, and part of that is bringing in the inert monsters and figuring out how best to kill them.
0: And you know Hiromu, uh Yoko, and Ryuji—they're all standing there, and <laughs> a little worried because it, it is giant me back at their base. Uh, but uh, the they go to the the commander and like the the team they explain no 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 it it doesn't have a mind of its own it's just like a shell a drone and its connection has been cut so as far as we can tell it won't be able to turn itself back on. By the way, guess what? Guess what's going to happen next episode. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They plant this Chekhov's gun like an episode in advance, and good on them for doing so. They've seen three types before, Alpha, Beta, Gamma. The Gamma type is really rough. They're They're explaining this by pulling out action figures, which I have to assume are the official action figures of all these enemy droids, but it's just... It's adorable to see, like, you know, this is an intense military man, and he's explaining, we have alpha, we have beta, we have gamma. And every time he says the word, he just, like, pulls out a new toy and just puts it on the table. This is alpha, click, beta, click, gamma, click, 1999 at Toys are Us.
0: Horobu, like, uh, admits that he had trouble with it, which Yoko is surprised at, and she says, you know, truth is stranger, stranger than fiction, which... She gets called on, doesn't really make sense in that context. She's kind of just parenting things, but whatever.
1: We get some uh, physical comedy from the buddy droids. They do some uh, they do some misplaced brawling. It doesn't really make sense in the scene, but the buddy droids haven't had much to do the past couple episodes. But the team, instead, they have a new mission,
0: because, so, kind of confirming a thing I'd said, uh, all the energy lines to that tank that got attached to that got attacked last time, have been cut off. Probably
1: because they knew the Vagros were going to be you know, draining it. Good, they have emergency protocols to cut off the pipes. Also kind of confirming something, Energon is 100% a liquid. <laughs> because it's it's being sent around in a natural gas or, or gasoline truck.
0: Uh, They need to get a replacement to kind of just keep it going, powering the city, until they get everything set up in the back end. And, you know, a large container of energy could be attacked by Vagris, so they're t- sending the team out to follow
1: it, you know, do some security. It absolutely makes sense, and also what makes sense is that Enter would try to try, uh, try to attack this, and he does so by creating a bicycle droid. Now, I am kind of, like, I guess if I have a complaint about Enter, it, it seems like he could kind of make a droid out of anything. Like, it doesn't have to be mechanical, doesn't have to be electrical. Like, we've seen a so he's doing just a plain old bicycle droid here. We've seen him do syringes before, fire extinguishers. So it seems like any solid object really uh, can be interfaced with and turned into a monster of the week. Inanimate
0: objects. Like he can't do living things or maybe even not organic things. Uh, But
1: the, the monster of the week this week kind of looks a little... Its head is kind of a weird shape. So it, it's a bicycle droid. It doesn't look like a bike. It, it more looks like a tank tread uh, head droid. It it is kind of an awkward shape. It's fine, you know, for a monster. It just doesn't really evoke what it's supposed to. Like it just has a big wheel for a head, like it, as if it would
0: turn into a bicycle and back into a human form, and it kind of got stuck halfway through. This is the this is the middle animorphs of robot and bicycle.
1: Yep, and yep, he's yep.
0: he's just running down the the truck on foot, yelling at them to stop. Yoko and Ryuji, they tell Hiromu to, you know, take the truck. But before they can stop the robot, it does get a shot off on one of it its
1: tires. Oh, and as they're, as they're driving off the bicycle, uh, it's, <laughs> so the, the little droid, it's like driving up on this gas truck, right? Yellow Ranger is just like hanging out the side of the SUV, firing a pistol at it. It's straight like drive-by shooting, like Michael Bay action going on right here. And it's. It's actually moving cars. It's actually her like yeah. firing a prop gun at this. Like that's a that's a dangerous stunt. Well, it it's it's certainly to have a car and like shaking around a a big piece of plastic that looks like a camera. Like it's not like a gun. Still though, like that, that truck is moving. I'm sure they have like a rig that she is connected to inside and not just like an assistant director hanging on to her and praying for his job that he doesn't let go. <laughs> she's she's barely hanging out of it. I, I I take
0: my notes now by just taking screenshots, and she she's not that far out. But anyway, uh, so Ryuji he uh he's kind of glad because you know they're holding off the robot. Fine, it doesn't seem like a particularly strong meteoroid, so they should be able to just get to uh their destination before they, there's any problems. But the truck starts swerving back and forth because. The little thing that hit it uh, went into the tire, and now it's remote controlling the truck.
1: Uh, So the truck is completely out of control, and Red continues to chase it as Yellow and Blue uh, stop to fight some putties uh, and the Monster of the Week. They have some fun with, like, they have a lot of fun with the camera angles of this, and we're, we're five episodes in, and they're still blowing a lot of budget on these fights. I mean, they save it in certain ways, like how a lot of the the metaroids are
0: like kind of based on each other. And they they do like it's not a visible now, but they do reuse them in ways that make a lot of sense and that I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Megazords are kind of cut from the same cloth. But yeah, it's they are doing lots of acrobatic moves and quick like gun kata to fight them. And the the metroid starts going down and starts uh, focusing on Ryuji and getting into
1: a grappling match. Uh, and so Ryuji has to rely on his super strength to get to the fight. Uh, but it, as he does so, he starts to overheat.
0: And his his very worried Buddy Royd calls over the rainer, like, hey, you're you're overheating, like this is this is getting bad, like you're gonna you're gonna go for the line.
1: But he has to continue to do so. It's a very tense scene. I didn't know what was going to happen at this point, so I was like, is he exploding? What what does overheating mean for him? Well, first he rips
0: off the robot's hands, and then you can tell something is wrong because uh, his voice is weird and has like kind of a scratchy electronic interference on it. And his body language has also all changed. He's suddenly now very mean and aggressive.
1: Yeah, it turns out that he, uh, when he overheats, he turns into a psychopath douche. He gets drunk on power and his morality turns off. He like goes crazy and berserk. And Blue's just, he's manhandling this bike. Like, uh, he's beating it up, like, almost unnecessarily so. Like, when they fight these things, they usually just kill them. He's playing with the bike. He,
0: he's, like, just kind of laughing and walking forward while shooting. And is off to the side, shocked because she
1: hasn't seen him like this before. Cut back to Red as he is chasing the out-of-control uh, truck. And we get up. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Because Red, during this fight, he's on his motorcycle, and he has to drive by this out of control truck and shoot out a back tire to have it regain control. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever seen in an action film someone shooting a vehicle tire to cause the vehicle to go straight again.
0: It is one of those industrial trucks that has it has like multiple back wheels, so it almost seems like this shouldn't be too much of a problem for it, but they do end up stopping and, uh, they start trying to replace the tire. But yeah, in this episode, I feel like this episode alone, there's more motorcycle than an all of
1: Zero One. Yeah, there really is. There really is. And like, it, it's, it's stunt motorcycle too. It's like, it's chasing other vehicles and firing weapons. Yeah, like I it's, mean, it's,
0: it's not like crazy stunts or anything, but it is motion and like, you can see the context of them being in like different places and they change the spacing of the fights.
1: I mean, you you say it's not crazy action, but this is, this is the type of stunt that, you know, back in early days of Kamen Rider, got the original Kamen Rider almost paralyzed.
0: Yeah, well, that that was like,
1: uh, it was like a big old crazy jump thing. Here he's just kind of going back
0: and forth and speeding up and slowing down.
1: But yeah, so Red has regained control of the truck and then cut back to yellow and blue. Blue
0: beats up the enemy robot, he throws it in the air, raises the sword and just lets it fall and impale itself.
1: Yeah, so he has killed the monster and Yellow, despite the warnings, you know, runs up to Blue and says, Hey, good job. Uh, are you are you feeling okay? You're acting weird. At which point he, like, grabs her
0: by the neck, slams her against the wall, and basically almost kills her. He punches through it
1: and says, Stay out of my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then falls over, <laughs> like, just passed out instantly. With steam coming off of him. Uh, the Blue Buddy Roid does uh, come in at this point with a giant bucket full of ice and starts, you know, just pouring it on top of Blue. As Yellow just slow slides down the wall, crying. Well, a very, a very understandable reaction from Yellow here. Yeah, she, A, she's still a child. Like, this, yes. this show, it's not going to dwell on it,
0: but she is a child soldier and she's 16. <laughs> but he is her, like, father slash older brother figure, that she's known her whole life like way more familiar with any of her family members that she can't even remember and he just tried to kill her
1: yeah and so she's fucked up but she also like she gets a call from the colonel and she's a pro she continues on the mission like you know she she wipes her eyes and she's like yes yes i'm 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 back in the game
0: so Harumu, he gets the word that ryoji overheated and is going to be out of action for a while so it's up to him to like kind of keep up the fight and also uh his, his buddy nick says hey be nice to yoko like don't be you be considerate
1: so we get to the next scene and it's <laughs> it's kind of this is kind of a weird scene like my first note is wait yellow just ran here because it, it would appear that yellow straight up just ran to red who was several miles away at this point i mean she does have super legs like that's her
0: power like maybe she could just run faster like she she did a couple jumps okay she she Naruto Naruto ran you know on a jump between buildings
1: (laughs) uh she also during the previous fight and during the wall punching her face got covered with uh a very slight amount of grime like you know barely noticeable amount of grime however this is this is a toku show so the next 2 minutes is everyone commenting on the amount of grime on her face and her embarrassedly trying to wipe it off yeah also because i
0: i'm looking at it it's not super clear but i think the idea is that it's supposed to be kind of going down in trails that indicate she's been crying
1: uh so there's there's a little bit of that and then red and yellow they talk about blue they talk about you know blue uh losing control as he overheats and it's actually kind of some healthy communication here she
0: she says you know i've never seen him like that before and he cashes back then you're just upset that there's more to him than you knew and like she kind of punches him in the head
1: and red's uh, red's bike also punches him in the back of the head like dude dude you were doing so well the truck is fixed they got to go
0: but hurumu does you know give her a handkerchief and say hey you know this is clean you know if you need a if you need to wipe up or whatever it's fine. It gets a thumbs up from Nick.
1: Yellow gets her a helicopter to escort the truck uh, the rest of the way to the facility. Uh while Red runs uh over to get inside his giant Megazords to do the the end game fight.
0: Yeah, cuz the the it took a this is one of the ones that took a long time, but it is going to arrive very shortly.
1: Yeah, as the uh Alpha finally appears and I I did also note that as this one was teleporting in, they were able to immediately tell that it was an alpha. So I guess their scans are getting a bit more precise. Yeah, well, they
0: can kind of even tell from the signature when they're coming through the portal, like uh, the the rookie uh, Nakamura, she can say like, oh, it's a beta, it's an alpha. Because like, I guess the energy sent through, you can
1: be like, you know, it's like telling radar, like, oh, this is the size it is. And a. I- We've said it before, and I will continue to say it. I'm assuming for the entire series. But hey, Pacific Rim again. It's a category five. It's a double emergence coming through. If you're going to, if you're going to copy something, fucking copy Pacific Rim, because Pacific Rim is the best. Oh, and another thing I noticed. Uh,
0: okay, it actually, doesn't show up in this one, but I'll, I'll mention it in the next episode. It's a, another. It's it's an alpha type, but it also has wheels kind of attached to it, and they they wonder a little bit like what's it walking around it has wheels like are they non-functional or no then it transforms a bit it starts dashing around real fast
1: so yeah it it gets to the truck uh as she yellow has to like fend it off with her helicopter like firing gatling guns at it and then it kind of clips her and she starts to spit out of control only to be caught by uh caught by blue's truck oh
0: you missed the whole section of the episode
1: well, oh right, right, right. I right. did. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Red's fighting
0: it. Blue. He's back at base. He's covered in like cooling pages, and he's trying to recover. And he he finds out like, oh, so, uh, Yok He says Yoko got a glimpse of the monster, huh? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, it's it's kind of better that it happens now, you know.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So the part I skipped is that as Red is fighting the monster and he's he's crushing it, he's thrashing it. This thing is. Weak, yeah, like,
0: al- alphas and betas can pretty much be dealt with by Red and on his own. Until he sees a billboard with a chicken on it. Yeah, like, it dodges out of the way, and it just happens to be, like, a, a big food uh, advertisement on it. It's a
1: chicken, and he kind of gets frozen. Why does the military allow there to be billboards with chickens on them? Well, okay. First of all, first of all, out of
0: context, <laughs> what a sentence that is. <laughs> Just let's just appreciate that. Second, like the Vagris this show is showing aren't stupid. So if the if the militarized Department of Energy sent out a note saying, "Hey, no visible images of chickens," they would look at that and start to put two and two together.
1: They could uh, uh, just just make it so the military has to approve all billboards and large signage in the city. <laughs> Again,
0: Sam, one sentence. <laughs> like, like, it's extreme fascism is the only option here.
1: No, the only option here is fucking immersion therapy, which he needs. He needs to get over the sphere of chickens. He's working on it. Oh, minor, minor side note. Hey, Harry, you know how me and Sarah have chickens? Yeah, well, I, I know
0: you had, but we, we, I was over there as a guest, uh, recently and i think you're getting rid of them
1: well we we were down to one and now we're down to zero because a hey, turns out that an isolated chicken in the winter uh turns out there's raccoons in the neighborhood whoops i would
0: say i mourn him but it's a, as i've said it on the podcast they're fucking monsters and i i'm glad he's
1: dead uh, yeah, he, this this one was also a rooster that that's kind of the reason that we still had him is that no one wanted him because roosters are loud and jerks. Well, he ain't loud anymore. <laughs> now back to
0: where you got to uh, because Red was frozen. The Megazord is able to go and attack Yoko, but Ryuji shows up to help her out.
1: They very very quickly have an aside, like you know, just a fifteen second, like, "Hey, I'm sorry that happened." You've seen a part of me. We'll talk more about this later.
0: Yeah, but, you know, this is the battlefield, and I can't, you know, take care of you all the time. you got to stand on your own. Mm-hmm. And Yoko gets this. So she she transforms, and we get to see the animal mode of her mech, which yes. is like a,
1: it's a robot bunny. Attack bunny. So much kicking and hopping. Bunnies are more horrifying than we give them credit. Like, you know, bunnies have claws on those back feet, and those back feet are designed as, like, high-tension springs. They will disembowel you. Yeah, Th- this is an all-CGI mech. It just kind of jumps
0: around a couple times. It, it hits the enemy and It it, bear- it uh, tunnels a bit to get out from under it, and then it punts it into the air.
1: Uh, Red gets a killing blow on this, uh, and the truck docks, and it's a happy ending. Yoko
0: chides the other two for letting their weak points, you know, stop them during this battle. She had to pick up their slack. And, of course, she immediately... Runs out of calories and falls down and has to eat candy.
1: She really needs a blood sugar monitor. Like you know, of all the high tech gear, she needs an Apple Watch to be like, "Yo, carbs." Like I guess guess
0: it would be easy for her because it's the weak point that is not easily exploitable by the enemies. You know, as long as she just keeps eating, then whatever they can't they can't turn up the heat. They can't show a chicken.
1: Well, I guess uh, the way okay, the way to exploit that would be to have, like, a series of... would be to have uh, sequential fights. Uh, just yeah. kind of keep her running, keep her in the field. Like, but they that'd don't be have bad for be... any of them. Well, I mean, but it would be particularly bad for her. Like, you know, it's a fight that... Say, just, like, a ton of small stuff that she has to run around. None of them are particularly threatening, but each one just, like, causes her to run out of steam. Just drain those calories. Fair,
0: fair. Well, let's
1: go into episode six. Well, uh... Uh, at the very, very end of the episode, we see a little bit of a shot of the mech, uh, docked in the, uh, docked in the hangar. Is it waking up? Dun, dun, dun.
0: (laughs) Like, I mean, it's not, uh, waking up super on its own. I guess it is sending, like, out a, kind of a tracer thing. We'll get to it. Yeah, it's, it's partially active. It's what it's
1: showing. Not quite as dead as they thought it was.
0: But at the start of the episode, we don't worry about that because they are practicing their transformation sequence. Yeah, but in this series, they admit it's kind of hard to jab together three robots in the middle of a fight.
1: Oh, hot damn! Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it it would be, and I I love that they're I love that they're training. I love that they're doing simulations.
0: Uh, like uh, you know, Ace is the the main base of it because it is a dude in a suit, and the other two kind of disassemble themselves and fly around and reattach. So, uh, Hiromu is trying to figure out the timing, and like, there's a a fake. To make sort of attacking him, it's like firing at it and trying to dodge with the attacks and figure out when exactly to transform. And he keeps fucking it up, and they all die.
1: Uh, as they're debriefing, he mentions like the timing is just so so rough. If there was some way we could pull away from the battle temporarily, that would make it that would make it easier to combine. And yeah, I feel him because this this really has to be a nightmare from an engineering standpoint, even with their future tech. But then they point out that,
0: okay, yeah, but it's three robots jamming together, and also a bunch of new tech gets attached. So it takes a lot more energy, and it's not super fast, so if we take the time to go away and come back in, then you're going to run out of gas. You have to do it there. Yeah, It's supposed to be able to defend itself. Like, they, the machines kind of create energy shields and stuff. Like, it should be able to be done. But Ryuji even points out, like, hey, I know why you're fucking up here. It's because you're such a good ace pilot.
1: It's a bit of a low blow, but, you know, it It does seem to get to red a little bit. And as we go further on in the episode, Blue is incredibly insightful, especially about red and yellow. And so he's kind of he's been in these simulations, too, and he's he knows what's going on. He is down and he's getting why red is not able to finish this link, and he thinks he knows how to fix it, but he has to get him there the hard way. Well, either get him there. The part of it is that, uh, well, we'll get there. You know. So we jump back to base, and something small, like a a small tiny probe, detaches from the uh from the gamma mech that they're storing inside the base, and it it flies away. It's like, you know, it's palm-sized, this like kind of leaf type thing that just flips through flips and flutters through the air vents, and it makes a way outside to an underpass. And into Enter's hand.
0: Uh, Enter had like just gotten off of a call with Messiah who was screaming about murdering humans. It's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay. Look, you have to use them for been easy. But then he puts his goggles on and there's like a trail in the air. So This thing was set up that if the Megazord was taken down, still intact, it would just attach, float around, and if he ever found it, he could follow the trail back. And he starts doing it.
1: Enter is the MVP of the evil operation. Like, what would the evil operation be without Enter? (laughs) It'd just be like Messiah screaming in an empty room. He is a subordinate holding up the entire goddamn operation, because he's good at his job, as these episodes are showing. (laughs) The enemy
0: ranks do start getting filled out a little bit soon, but it is. And Enter is pretty important to the whole scenario.
1: So yeah, uh, so Enter is tracing back, and he's like, "Oh ho ho, I think I know how to get inside the enemy base, and I think they have a gamma in there." So
0: Hiromu, he's kind of trying to figure it out, still on his own. He's in the the communicator or the the simulator, uh, and her, like. Nick, he tries to point out, hey, you can't have been through a thing like this before, you know you actually met Ryuji way back before the whole incident when you were just a couple of kids hanging out at their parents' uh, laboratory.
1: Yeah, the analogy that they use is uh, Red learning how to skip stones on a lake which seems not as complicated as merging like several thousand ton mechs together in the middle of a combat while aliens are trying to kill you, but hey, hey I'll take any analogy.
0: Yeah, but the point is that you know, he was there, not doing well, and Ryuji came up and was just very good at it. Instead of asking him, hey, how'd you do that? Show me. Uh, he just kept trying to stand there and throw them on his own. Mm-hmm. Nick says, hey, just ask him for help on this. Like, that. that's That's one of the things. Ryuji is trying
1: to build up some teamwork here. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And him was like, no, I'm a better pilot. I can figure it out. So uh, Enter oh. is about to breach the base, and to do so, uh, he creates a fire extinguisher mech. And this is, you know, the, the visuals for the mech are, they're not particularly impressive, but its power set is, because it has the dissolving spray. Yeah, its
0: spray becomes acid, It just starts melting through the vents and breaching the base, and alarms start blaring. They're inside real damn fast. The command center dudes start freaking out, because, oh, there's a beta megazord coming in right on top of one of our hangars.
1: yeah. This is a multi-pronged threat. Like, they have internal infiltrators uh, that are breaching this uh, Gamma uh, thing, trying to wake it up and get it revived. And they also have a larger threat uh, dropping on top of them uh, within, like, 14 minutes. The Cardinal, like, he looks at the situation and he says, I may need to blow up Hangar 7.
0: Yeah, like, evacuate everybody. Go, Musters, go in there. We're going to seal off some of the bulkheads behind you, but there'll still be a way out. Just... Make it so that I don't need to destroy my own damn base. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they also mentioned, because this is a show not for fools, well, at least we put it in the most remote hangar. You know, this is not in the heart of our base. We knew there's a chance this could happen, so it's a smaller loss.
1: Uh, so the uh, the rangers get there, and they start uh, fighting uh, the putties that Enter has summoned. Uh, and Enter has hacked into the GABA. And it's starting to revive. It's starting to wake up. They are running out of goddamn time. Uh, And Enter is also holding off the rangers one-handed as he is hacking on a laptop. He's fucking Angelina Jolie. Like, he is a hacking pro.
0: Yeah, Enter, he's not, like, a physical attacker. That's not the way he tries to do these fights, but he's not bad at it. No, no, this is impressive shit. And he's like, oh, you know, you got a funny little base system here. Wouldn't it be bad if I... Turned on your self-destruct system and closed all the bulkheads so you can't get out. Hey, good job.
1: <laughs> yep. And then, uh, yeah, Enter just kind of nopes the fuck out, and I love him for it. Yep. And uh, he he tied up the,
0: the three rangers and some of his, like, metal tentacles he could shoot out. And so they're stuck on the ground looking at the Metroid. They say, you're going to die too. And it says, yep, we'll die together. I'm a robot. I don't care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they bust free and uh, Blue turns on his super strength. The The bay doors are closing. And so he just picks up Red and just shot puts him straight yeah. out the door, locking uh, him and in yellow inside with the smaller back, but at least getting Red outside because, holy shit, there's a big guy coming in.
0: When Red calls him on the radio saying, what are you doing? We need to all be safe. Blue says, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing a dramatic sacrifice here. You have the big solar robot with a giant sword. Come here and cut open the hangar and let us out.
1: Yep. All the characters here are smart. All the characters are here except
0: for Yoko are smart. And Yoko is a child who should be who should have to do this, so I don't blame her.
1: Yoko is batting above her weight class at the very least. She's doing very well. Yes. There's an emergency launch uh, to get the red back there as soon as possible.
0: And he kind of reflects on the fact that in the situation, Ryuji didn't hesitate at all. Uh, should I just be calling them red, blue, and yellow? Like Yes. Okay. God, yes.
1: I mean, well, maybe, okay. Maybe you should use the actual names because then eventually I will learn the actual names. Okay. Just just teach me, Harry. Uh, teach me how to remember people's names because clearly I'm incapable of doing so. Ryuji
0: didn't hesitate at all. He saved uh, red when he could have saved himself because he knew that he would be able to come back and... Save them in turn. And it kind of humbles him, and he, and he realizes that, oh, the problem I was fucking it up, uh, the the, the reason that I wasn't able to do the transformation is that I just wasn't trusting the other two people in the mech to do their own jobs and, like, protect us while I was finishing it.
1: So he has an epiphany just in time to fight the big monster, yeah. who is really scary this week, because it has the acid spray. He's never been able to delegate,
0: because he's kind of just been trading on his own. And he is... Genuinely the most skilled pilot of any of them, but that doesn't
1: mean that they can't help. Uh, so this monster that he's fighting, like, you know, it- it hoses him down with a dissolving liquid, and it destroys his sword, and also severely damages his arms and legs. Like, it, it's- it's bad acid. Uh, down at the base,
0: they do match to kill the meteoroid, but up on top, it is a lot closer of a fight. Um, the- the two other vehicles show up and start firing lasers to try to help, but- and in the last moment- uh, when it's spring acid, Hiromu just grabs its hand and has it hit the hangar door instead, opening it up and giving and letting uh, Yoko and Ryuji get out just in time.
1: It's a great shot. They are leaping out. They're not looking at the explosion behind them. Yeah, well, they, they really don't have time to. This There's a lot of solid tension in this episode. Like, this is, you know, this is a Michael Bay movie episode. Then they all jump up, get into their individual robots gamma gamma crawls up from below so they are fighting two supreme threats uh on the upper level Uh, even
0: if it's damaged you know gamma could basically take out all of them on its own and there's a beta there too so they gotta go into the megazord
1: uh it's they don't have time to practice again they just gotta do it they gotta do it live
0: as they do it uh energy shields show up and it like the different parts come together slam onto the Megazord, and we see Go Buster O.
1: A new sword teleports out to them. Apparently, they have like a sliding rack just full of Megazord swords, which I love it. I absolutely love it. Yes, they're going to break their weapons. The monsters are bad. They are smart. And so if they get disarmed, they need to have spares ready to teleport in. Very quickly, the uh, Go Buster O uses its kind of finisher
0: attack, which is it shoots out a pulse of energy and kind of traps its enemy in a little pocket dimension. Like this, I mean, the way this energy stuff works in this universe, it can t- teleport people around. Through, so he's basically putting them in a little pocket of subspace and then slamming
1: the outside until it collapses. <laughs> uh, just sending them to uh, eternal damnation inside a black hole and also stabbing them. It's like in D&D when you, when you break a bag of holding. You don't want to be in there. Just shove the big bad into a, a bag of holding or a portable hole and then burn it. Uh, so everybody smiles. It's the end of the episode. They're they're happy they were doing it. Yeah, that,
0: that's the episode.
1: That, that it really is. Like it's uh, it was a fast description because it was a lot of fighting, but it was it was smart fighting. It was good fighting. It was tense fighting.
0: And like as stated, like whatever. This is if this is a short podcast, that's fine. Also, I'm gonna poop my guts out at some time in the near future, and you know I'm gonna have to deal with that. Like not like right now. We can go for a couple more minutes on something if you want, Sam. Please don't leave me alone. No.
1: <laughs> I'm here for you, Harry. I'm here for you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these these two episodes, they were great. I, yeah. I love it. I love it when both the heroes and the villains are smart. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when they actually both have plans. They both have agency and they both work towards their goals. Like the heroes are on the back foot right now. Because the enemy has the initiative, the enemy is the attackers, but they also realize that, so they are working to correct that. They are working to gain advantages where they can. That means getting more information. It means uh, it means bugging energon uh, to trace it back to hyperspace, so they could possibly launch a full out offensive. So it's uh, the heroes are still reactive, but they are working to change that.
0: I'm looking at it. I mean, it's been a while, but I think the next couple episodes are pretty good. Also, one of them is covering some stuff that we mentioned earlier in the podcast. We get to see a little bit more of the behind the scenes work on the mechs. Yay. Yeah, the tooth and tail stuff.
1: Heck yeah. Let's see the logistics side of thing. Let's see below decks for Power Rangers.
0: Yeah, but that's for next week. And uh, besides shooting myself silly, what are are we going to do until (laughs) next time?
1: We're going to keep dancing. Going to keep dancing, people.
0: Very carefully, and like, making, being very aware of your bowel movements, because if you're on the dance floor, you don't want things to happen. (laughs) I gotta go to the bathroom, Sam. All right.